Oven at it. Let's get it. It is a Friday edition of Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Uh, for those that are just catching us, maybe for the first time, really appreciative. I uh, host Afternoon Drive on ESPN Radio in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, Louisiana. Also, uh, TV simulcast on Cox Sports Television regionally. So, uh, very, very much appreciative for the opportunity to be here to talk Tigers every single day, and we appreciate you for being with us. This will be a fun show today with LSU getting set for Mississippi State. It'll be the 113th meeting all-time between the Tigers and the Bulldogs. It's been a one-sided series, man. LSU leads at 73-35-3 all-time. But a year ago, man, uh, 113 meetings between LSU and Mississippi State, and last year's 37-7 win by the Bulldogs was the most lopsided win in favor of Mississippi State in the history of this series. So a lot of people have asked this week, man, is this a letdown spot for LSU coming off a big win over Georgia, maybe looking ahead next week? Uh, well, obviously the bye and then Alabama. I just don't see it. I think Ed Ogeron has been awesome in this spot, getting guys uh, you know, compartmentalizing week to week, getting his team ready to play each week. But also when you know what happened to you a year ago in this ball game, it is so hard for me to imagine LSU sleeping on Mississippi State. And you know, not only – have have these LSU players seen Nick Fitzgerald and Eris Williams and Kylan Hill and Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat? Like, they know these guys. They, they've lined up against them. Man, but they also got to look at them on film and watch what Mississippi State did, and State's coming off their bye. But the last time they were out on the field against Auburn and how they dismantled that Auburn team, which, you know, LSU clawed tooth and nail to get a win early in the season on the, the Plains at, at Jordan-Hare. Man, to watch Mississippi State wholly undress Auburn. That, if that doesn't get your attention, then, then just something is is wholly wrong. I, I just The letdown factor, I just don't see it. I think it's going to be a great game in Tiger Stadium. So uh, we'll spend the show today talking about it. Um, had a chance to catch up with uh, Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback, uh, yesterday on my radio show. Said some interesting things. Matt does an awesome job breaking down um, X's and O's. He does film study. If you're not familiar with his stuff, we'll get into some of what he had to say breaking down LSU and Mississippi State. Uh, very interesting. LSU is a six and a half point favorite in this game, but at least one Vegas insider thinks State, Mississippi State, should actually be favored coming into Baton Rouge on Saturday. We'll talk about that. But the most significant news so far today is what Ed Ogeron said Thursday night when he met with the media, the last time he'll meet with the media before. Uh, LSU tees it up against uh, and kicks it off against Mississippi State. Ed Ogeron was asked about Braden Fajoko. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. Fajoko missed practice on Wednesday. We talked about how Ed is really good at giving guys a blow if they need a day off. There had been no indication that Fajoko had been injured. And yesterday, when he was asked about Braden Fajoko missing practice, here's what Ed Ogeron said. And then Braden missed yesterday's practice. Yeah, question. That is terrible news for LSU football on any week but in particular this week against this offense if Braden Fajoko is not available to go remember last year when Mississippi State ran all over LSU um, a big part of that and a part of the 
I don't want to say excuse making, but part of the reasoning, because in some sense it's legit. I don't think that one, you know, one guy's injury is is going to net you a thirty point loss. I mean, LSU just wasn't ready to play last year, and they they got punched in the mouth and never recovered. But part of the the conversation about that game a year ago is the fact that LSU played that game in Mississippi State. Uh, Neil Farrell was it was ejected from the game, uh, and uh, Rashard Lawrence did not play because of an ankle injury. And you essentially had four defensive linemen that you were rotating in that game. Christian Lockatcher, Greg Gilmore, Frank Heron, those guys played the entire game for LSU last year. And then you had Justin Thomas as a backup rotating in. That was it. And everyone said, well, you only had four linemen against that team. Well, I got news for you. You were only rotating five this year to begin with. And now you're down one of your starters in Fajoko. You're in the same spot you were in a year ago. By the way, uh, Ed Ogeron was also asked yesterday if Fajoko misses, who backs him up? Yeah, I thought Glenn had his best game. I really didn't think Glenn had his best game on Saturday. He's going to have to play a lot of reps. Neil Farrell's going to have to play. Justin Thomas can play. Obviously, Rashard Lawrence, those guys got to play. So, Ed Ogeron there was talking about Glenn Logan playing his best game last week against Georgia, but then talking about Neil Farrell and Justin Thomas rotating in. Like, let's put this into perspective here for a quick second, okay? Neil Farrell has played in uh, – he, he played against ULM, had one tackle. He played against Southeastern, had his best game at six. One tackle against Auburn, a couple against Tech, a couple against Ole Miss. Um, I mean – no, I'm sorry. Uh, did not play against Ole Miss – had two against Florida, and then got a DNP last week against Georgia. So a guy you're counting on this week in a big way didn't even play last week against Georgia. Hasn't played in two of your last three SEC games. Justin Thomas didn't play against Miami, didn't play against Auburn, didn't play against Florida, uh, recorded no statistics against Ole Miss or Louisiana Tech. Point is, man... You are so thin on the defensive line already, and the guys now that you're saying you have to count on against Mississippi State have really given you very little this year, but that's the spot you're in now because of injury. And the reason it becomes a bit more sincere even is that Mississippi State has the number one rushing offense in the SEC. Look, this is what Georgia was a week ago. Georgia came to Baton Rouge as the number one rushing offense in the SEC at 245 yards a game. LSU stymied Georgia. Now Georgia bumps down to second in the SEC in rushing offense. But State is first at 240 rush yards per game. It's a very similar situation statistically. The difference is last week you saw two really good running backs with Holyfield and Swift, but you had a pocket passer in Jake Fromm. This week you've got two really good running backs in Kylan Hill and Harris Williams, but the quarterback Nick Fitzgerald is also a runner, and that changes the numbers, as we all know. When you've got a quarterback that can run, instead of 9 blocking 11, now it's it's 10 blocking 11 because you've got the quarterback as well who can carry the ball. You, it's basically a, a hat on a hat now. So, man, this um, – look, I, I like LSU in this game. I think, I think they're the better team. I think State poses some really significant challenges – but the fact that it's in Baton Rouge also helps. But this news about Braden Fajoko is worrisome because what LSU, very similar to last week, 
to have any chance to win this game, LSU's got to be able to stop Mississippi State from running the football. It's the one thing they do well because Nick Fitzgerald has not shown the ability to throw it. Not having Braden Fajoko in there to stop the run is a major blow for LSU in this ballgame. We're going to continue talking about this, not just the rushing matchups, but we'll do sort of a tale of the tape uh, looking statistically at these two teams and where some of the other interesting matchups are uh, out on the field on Saturday. Also, uh, Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback, coming up uh, here in just a little bit. I had a chance to talk to Matt yesterday, so we'll revisit some of the breakdown. Matt does an awesome job with his film study, so we'll get some of his thoughts on how LSU and State specifically match up on the line of scrimmage because that's where a lot of people are going to be looking at this game. Let me take a quick second and remind you about Vivid Seats online event ticket marketplace. They're dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with the experiences that will last a lifetime. Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchasing experience. Like this couldn't be easier, y'all. Pull out your phone, download the Vivid Seats app or log on to vividseats.com and Vivid Seats is helping Locked on LSU podcast listeners get a discount as well. So you go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, enter the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N. Enter the promo code Locked On and receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. And remember, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So if you don't have tickets, can't get in the game, here's your shot to do it via Vivid Seats. Download the app or log on vividseats.com. Be sure to use the promo code Locked On to get $20 off orders of $200 or more. This is Locked On LSU, your team every day. Uh, one quick break when we come back, uh, a an odds maker who actually thinks Mississippi State should be favored in this ballgame. Stay here. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Rolling along, Locked On LSU, your team every day, Saturday, 6 p.m. Central Time in Death Valley, LSU and Mississippi State, the 113th meeting. Incidentally, LSU has been on an amazing streak in Tiger Stadium. The Tigers have won 21 straight home games in the month of October. The last time, think about this, the last time LSU lost a home game in October, day or night, was when they lost to number one Florida in 2009. You remember that game uh, when Tim Tebow had gotten the concussion uh, two weeks prior against Kentucky? Uh, Florida went into their bye. It was uncertain if Tebow was going to play, and then ultimately he did play, and it was just a slobber knocker. The LSU defense played fantastic, but that Florida defense was so good that year, and LSU just couldn't get anything generated. Riley Cooper uh, caught a touchdown in the north end zone, which put it away for Florida. But that was the last time LSU has lost a home game in October back in 2009. So history, uh, LSU has dominated this series against Mississippi State. Uh, they've been great at home. They've been great at home in the month of October. It, it, LSU's favorite in the game. Everything sort of is works in LSU's favor seemingly, which is why I saw this earlier today, which kind of caught me off guard. 
Uh, Lee Sterling, who is a Vegas insider, uh, you know, an odds maker, uh, went on uh, the Bo Bounds show, and Bo does a great job in the state of Mississippi, uh, you know, syndicated all over Mississippi. And uh, Bo tweeted a quote from Lee from his show, and uh, Lee Sterling said, quote, the wrong team is favored. Give me Mississippi State to win outright at LSU. Um, it, that was really interesting to me because I look. I think there are there are matchup problems in this game for LSU. Like the, there are before the season started, I picked LSU to win this game, but I had to write a, uh, an article, a column, a preseason column for for two two five magazine in Baton Rouge. Uh, I do that every year, and I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity, but. You know, uh, you know, sort of a game-by-game thumbnail, and I-, I said, look, don't be surprised when Mississippi State is favored in Baton Rouge in this game. And that was preseason, and you could look at the fact that State had beaten LSU a year before, the fact that they had so much returning, and that we're sort of seeing that manifest, right? But as the game play, as the season plays out, you learn more about the team. You know, at that time, we had no idea what Joe Burrow was or how good he could be, what Steve Ensminger's offense would look like, uh, what the the cornerback position opposite Greedy Williams would be. At that time, we didn't know Christian Fulton would be eligible, and obviously, Christian Fulton just came off his best game. Anyway, point is, there's so many unknowns. We didn't know Ed Ingram at the time wasn't going to play, and uh, Tyler Taylor was going. Understand, like in July, so much of that was unknown still, but. As the seasons played out, LSU sitting here at six and one. They've been phenomenal at home and on the road. Uh, it it sort of should go without saying that LSU's favored in this game, especially at home, and they are by six and a half. Um, so I was a little surprised to see that you know a, a prominent odds maker saying he feels like Mississippi State should be favored. I I won't be surprised if State wins the game. I think they got enough talent on both sides of the ball, similar to Florida. I mean, Florida's an athletic team, well-coached, tons of talent. LSU turns it over three times, including a pick six. You commit, you know, uh, almost double-digit penalties for, for 100 yards, you know, eight penalties for 100 yards, whatever it was. Like You do that sort of stuff against a good team, you could lose, absolutely. So may, maybe that could happen on on Saturday. So it's something worth watching. But when you just kind of look at the, at the tail of the tape, though, it kind of does bear that out a little bit. Like just go at SEC rankings when you look at these teams side-by-side. Side. Scoring offense, LSU 7th, Mississippi State 8th. Scoring defense, State actually has a big edge. State is 1st in the SEC, allowing 12 points a game. LSU is 7th at, tw- at uh, 16.9 points per game. Total offense, State 6, LSU 8. Total defense, State has the edge as well. Number one in the SEC in total defense, LSU is eighth, 289 yards to 340 yards. Look at rushing offense. State leads the SEC, LSU sixth rushing defense. State has the edge again. They're second in the conference in rush defense, LSU fifth. Pass offense, LSU has a slight edge, but neither team has been good. LSU's 11th at 202 yards a game, State 13th at 190 a game. So only 12 yards per game separate the two schools in passing offense. And then you look at pass defense, State's third, LSU eighth. So statistically, when you look at this game, Mississippi State is better literally everywhere other than scoring offense where LSU scores one more point than State, LSU at 32, State at 31, and then in pass offense where both are in the bottom five of the SEC, bottom four of the SEC. It's it's a little remarkable when you think about it. Truthfully, the one spot where LSU really has an edge in this ball game is special teams. They've been better in the punt game. 
They've certainly been better uh, at field goals. LSU is second in the conference with uh, Cole Tracy having made 17 of his 19 attempts and 895 uh, percentage on field goals. Mississippi State has made just 64% of their kicks, 9 of 14. So if it comes down to a field goal, LSU certainly, certainly uh, has an edge. But State's defense has been so good, man. Uh, holding opponent, they're best in the SEC at limiting teams on first uh, two first downs or first, you know, first in the conference there. Um, just a, a really, really solid football team that was trying to figure out who it was offensively under Joe Moorhead, trying to make Nick Fitzgerald a passing quarterback. And in part, it's why they suffered a couple of losses earlier in this year um, whenever they lost a, you know, a home game to Florida and they lost at Kentucky. And once they find, and both were close games, but games where Mississippi State struggled to get its offense going. And it seemed like Joe Moorhead against Auburn figured that out that Nick Fitzgerald isn't going to be a passer he's most effective as a rusher and you saw them run it 57 times and throw it 17 times now that makes you exceedingly one-dimensional but if you're if you're elite in that one dimension that's how you win and that's going to be Mississippi State's uh, effort in this game to try to do that there's one other piece uh, with this ball game that I want to get to. And we'll do it uh, in, in our, our final little, little segment here coming up. And I also, uh, it, it's one area where LSU has been amazing this year, and State also has been incredible uh, countering that. And I think that could tell you how this game goes. I'll give you that little tidbit when we come back. And I want you to hear from Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback who's on my radio show in Baton Rouge uh, every weekday afternoon, 3 to 6 Central. Matt does an awesome job with film study. He broke down some X's and O's. I want you to hear what Matt had to say about line play in this ball game on both sides. That's coming up here on Locked on LSU, which is presented by Sling TV. When you have to watch the game, and you're sick of paying for a bunch of channels that you don't watch and you just want to watch your team, Sling TV is a great option. Sling TV, 30 bucks a month. You get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, all the, the, uh, all the different conferences you want. Uh, you can stream on your big screen, on your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love, only better. Uh, no channels that you don't want, no long-term contracts. No long-term contracts. No hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. Sign up for Sling TV and a special offer for our Locked On, Locked on listeners. Get a seven-day free trial. Just use sling.com slash locked on. So, hey, look, we're heading into the football weekend. You might as well try it this weekend for free. Sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash Locked on Sling TV, proud sponsor here of Locked on LSU, your team every day. Glad you're hanging with us here on Locked on LSU, your team every day. Uh, coming up in just a quick minute, I'm going to give you a stat that uh, stat of the day, a stat that I think uh, could be the one to watch. Now, listen, obviously, I think if everyone knows that. Nick Fitzgerald's ability to run the ball in this game is the game. When you look at Mississippi State's two losses this year against Florida uh, and against Kentucky, Nick Fitzgerald was limited to under 100 yards rushing. In every win, they've he's rushed for more than 100 yards. So obviously, that's what, what to watch. But as far as maybe in context of this game, something else I want to talk about, I'll share that with you in just a, a quick second. But I mentioned uh, Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback, who um, does radio throughout the state of Mississippi. He does a lot of film study, blogging, like super talented media guy, but has great perspective having played the position in the SEC. Joined me on my radio show yesterday, and I asked Matt for his perspective on both running games 
And I started by asking, hey, look, if Georgia, which had the best running attack in the SEC, if Georgia couldn't run the ball against LSU, why can Mississippi State run the ball on Saturday? That's a great question. You know, there is a difference in defending that quarterback run versus defending that power run game with even if it's two backs, but the quarterback hands it off and he's standing back there watching. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What changes the numbers at the line? Yeah, that's it. Well, and you know, you think about it again, that's it. You know, it's 11-on-11 when that quarterback can run it. But, you know, if you're Jake Brom and it's play, you know, you, you reverse out, you run power to one side, you hand it off, and you're watching the running back go, it's 10-on-11. So the added element of the potential of the quarterback, and that, that's kind of, you know, in LSU, boy, they got a belly full of it last year in that the edge defenders could never – get in a groove, like getting upfield in a pass situation because you were constantly thinking, even in third and nine, they're going to run zone read and this quarterback's coming right at me. I've got to be honest over here on the edge. It spreads everything out. It forces the second-level guys to be looking to see if he got the ball. Sometimes they hesitate, and it just affects the whole run game. When the quarterback is a real, real threat. So that would be one thing that State's going to bank on on Saturday is that They'll have a plan for Fitzgerald to kind of dictate to the defense that the tempo of that run game, as opposed to, hey, we're just going to let it toss sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't be that easy. Matt Wyatt's, I guess, former Mississippi State quarterback, host of the Matt Wyatt Show all over the state of Mississippi. You can find an affiliate, mattwyattmedia.com. Uh, flip the field. We've also talked a ton about Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons and Leo Lewis and that great defensive front. Uh, LSU, which got its running game going against Georgia, now faces yeah. a pretty tough task against Mississippi State. How do you look at that matchup with LSU trying to be able to establish the run against Mississippi State? Well, I think it is absolutely critical for LSU, Matt. Um, and, and I know that probably kind of goes without saying. Um, I know the real question is, if it's critical, can they get it done? And I, I mean, I get to it, but I just think that's the critical part of the game for LSU. And here's why. They've got to be able to run the ball in the interior of that defensive front of state in order to get play-action stuff to work, in order to soften it up, get the edge run when you want to get them. Because if they don't, if it's not a three-and-a-half to four-yard per carry night between and behind those two offensive guards, then, then they're going to get in passing situations when they don't want to be. And when they do, State's defensive front will hit the quarterback. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over again. Simmons and Corey Thomas in the middle there and Hoyette. Sweat, Chauncey Rivers is the other defensive end, Kobe Jones. They are so deep and so fast and talented on that defensive front. If you're been that, if, if Joe Burrow's in that pocket more than they want him to be because they're getting in third and seven and third and eight too much, he's going to get hit. And that's not going to be the, you know, what LSU needs. So, so Matt, I'm sorry, ability, I'm sorry. Their ability to hand that ball off in the middle and make yards, that will tell you if they're winning the game or not. So how did Kentucky do it? Yeah, hey, uh, how did it, well, you know, if you look at that uh, game and, and that defense was, <laughs> was really good throughout the first, you know, three and a half quarters. There were eight minutes left in that game, Matt, 
it was a one-score game, 14-7, to and the defense got you an interception on the plus side of the field. They did so much to just hand the game to the offense. The offense could do nothing. And the dam broke when, after that interception, uh, the offense went out through its own interception and allowed it to return way down deep in the territory. So a lot of the numbers were on the back end and at the end of that game for Benny Snell. But the other thing is, look, give Kentucky credit, and you're pointing to it. Their center pretty much won the battle that night against Jeffrey Simmons. He did. I don't even know the kid's name, and that's a shame because because he went up against a first-round defensive tackle and won that physical battle. And Simmons has been better, you know, in every game since, really. If the center and two guards in the middle of that offensive line for LSU, if they win the way Kentucky did, they're going to have a great chance to win the game. But if they're getting knocked around and thrown around, it's going to be a long night for LSU. Again, that was Matt Wyatt, former Mississippi State quarterback, uh, on my radio show after further review, which is a weekday afternoons on ESPN Radio, uh, many markets throughout the state of Louisiana, and uh, TV simulcast on Cox Sports TV. If you want to hear that entire interview, uh, 1045ESPN.com, or however you're listening to this podcast, if you just search 1045ESPN Baton Rouge, uh, you'll get our station and you'll see the Matt Wyatt interview there. You can listen to it. We'd appreciate that. Uh, so Matt gave you a lot of good tidbits. One more that I want to throw out, and I, I really think that this is the differentiator. LSU this year has been amazing in the first half offensively. They've jumped all over teams. In the first quarter, LSU is averaging 62 points. I'm sorry, LSU has scored 62 points in the first quarter, 77 in the second quarter. Uh, that's 8.8 points in the first quarter, 11 in the second. So LSU is averaging nearly 20 points in the first half of games so far this year. LSU is getting up on its opponents, and it's forcing them to play catch-up. In many respects, that's what went wrong for Georgia. LSU got up. Georgia had some success running the ball early, but Georgia was playing from behind and had to abandon or felt like they had to abandon the run. So LSU has been very good offensively getting out to early leads. The flip side of it is this. Mississippi State has allowed only 22 first-half points all season, and they lead the nation in fewest first-half points allowed average. On average, Mississippi State is allowing three points in the first half on average. Remember, I just told you, LSU is averaging almost 20 points per first half. State is allowing a field goal on average in the first half. That's remarkable how they've been able to do that. Um, Only one time all season, only State has not allowed a touchdown in the first quarter, and only one time all season has an opponent scored a first-half touchdown. That was Kentucky in the second quarter back on September the 21st. So, again, State has only allowed one first-half touchdown all season. Mississippi State's first-half defense has been phenomenal. LSU has been one of the best in the country at getting up on teams in the first half. What gives early in this ballgame? That should let you know if LSU can get an early lead, force Mississippi State to play from behind, maybe force Nick Fitzgerald to have to throw the ball a little bit. That's LSU's recipe for success Saturday in Tiger Stadium. We'll see how it all plays out, and certainly we'll be back uh, next week 
for Locked On LSU, your team every day, Monday through Friday. We appreciate it. Subscribe to the podcast, rate us on iTunes or however that you're listening to this. We appreciate it. Do me a solid, man. Help us spread the word. Let's grow this thing. Uh, I'm super competitive, and I want Locked On LSU to be the biggest Locked On uh, podcast in the Locked On College Network. So let's do it together. Let's help this grow. I'd love your feedback. You can always tweet me at Matt Moscona uh, or Facebook or uh, the million different ways that you can find me on on uh, on social media. I'm there. So I'll look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll talk on Monday. Locked on LSU.